Good morning. So it's with great pleasure that on behalf of the eldership, I want to welcome our new youth minister, Dr. Sullivan, and his fiancee, Elizabeth Hunt, to West Irwin. Now, Elizabeth can't be here, but her picture's up there because they're engaged and scheduled to be married on September the 4th. And so Elizabeth has this little thing of wedding plans to deal with. <laughs> I know some moms out there know what that means, but today is Tucker's first day to be with us as a minister. And I think if you'll get to know him, when he smiles, the smile lights up the room. And, and before we introduce and commission Tucker, I just want to say that on behalf of the elders, we want to recognize the efforts of the search committee. They did a great job. In fact, kind of went along and we didn't seem to have any candidates and then all of a sudden we had a number of candidates and they did a great job. They narrowed it down to four possibilities and they brought in two for interviews. And during the interviews with the elders, it was obvious that the committee had done an excellent job in bringing forth the candidate, the right candidate. And I'll just say on behalf of myself, it was unanimous. Tucker was the obvious choice. And I think as you get to know him, you will agree. Now, Tucker and Elizabeth are coming to us from Weatherford, Oklahoma, where they're recent graduates of Southwestern Oklahoma State University. So if you hear the acronym SWOSU, right, you'll know, I'm like, SWOSU, what's SWOSU? Figured it out. So if you hear that, that's where, that's where they went to school. They were heavily involved in the Bulldog for Christ College Ministry at the Weatherford Church of Christ. Now, Tucker has graduated magna cum laude, smart young man, with a degree in accounting. But his passion has been ministry, especially youth ministry. Uh, he spent the last couple of years as a youth intern at the Weatherford Church of Christ. Uh, and his experience there has prepared him for his position here. Now, when you go through these searches, you do your due diligence. And David Canifax, who was on the committee, is good friends with the minister that you worked under in Weatherford, Clay Bryant. And both he, both Tucker and Elizabeth come highly recommended by Clay. And Clay told the, the committee that this was a young man that we needed to consider. And he was right. And you know, the church and this committee has been praying for God to send the right man to us. And I firmly believe that if you offer up a prayer, you're going to get an answer. Now, sometimes the answer is so subtle that if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. But with Tucker and Elizabeth, this was not the case. It was almost as if God was saying, okay, y'all, don't miss this one because I'm going to make it obvious for you. And he did. And look, we want West Irwin to grow and we need to attract young families, and we dedicated resources to that, specifically the children's zone, and we needed the right youth minister to help us achieve that goal, and we believe God did just that. So here's the commission, Tucker. So Tucker Sullivan, at the recommendation of the search committee and with the unanimous approval of the elders of the West Irwin Church of Christ, we welcome and commission you as our new youth minister. Do you accept this position and the responsibilities that are, that are incumbent with this role? I do. See, good practice. I do. <laughs> so the elders call on all of our West Irwin Church family 
to pray for Tucker as he accepts this role of youth minister, to pray for Tucker and Elizabeth as they prepare for and begin their life together as husband and wife and as servant leaders together, and to pray for our youth and the youth families during this transition and in the years ahead. And I just want to add that in 1970, Hillard Hughes and his family came to West Irwin. Hillard became our youth minister. Now, this was a time when I was going into the youth group, and unfortunately, Hillard tragically passed away a number of years ago, but his wife, Janine, and his daughter, Kim, are right out there. And I'll just say this. Hillard had quite an impact on me and the youth group at that time. And what I'm saying to you, Tucker, is that I'm confident that you and Elizabeth will have the same type of impact, and if you do, then this church will very much benefit from your presence. So, I want to read a scripture, Psalms 119, 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let, my stray, do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes, as one rejoices in great riches. I mediate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that we could come and worship you. We thank you especially for Tucker and Elizabeth coming to West Irwin. We pray, we, we know that they're the uh, right couple, they're the right fit for our youth minister and for our youth, and we pray that you bless them and their works, and they're not only working here, but in their upcoming, in their upcoming marriage. Father, we pray for this church and for its growth here in Tyler. We pray that, uh, that you will, will see us through the next several years. We pray that, that we're on a good path and that you will continue us on that path. And Father, there's many in this congregation that are hurting. Uh, we know that there are ups and downs and joys and trials and tribulations, and we know that you know what they are. And we pray that, that you will, will see us through these times. And for, Father, for those that are hurting, we pray that you will lift the burden from them, if it be your will. For those who are taking care of those folks, we pray for patience and for the loved ones and those families to not be discouraged. And Father, we pray for our, our country and our leaders. But Father, we pray especially for the leadership of this church, for our elders, our deacons, our, our staff, and our ministers. And Father, we pray that as we go through this week, that we'll be a, a shining light to those around us. And again, Father, we're thankful that you have sent Tucker Sullivan to us. We pray that you forgive us of our sins. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
morning. You know, I, I got up here and I was thinking, I'm, I'm not a very political person. I actually, I despise politics in most aspects. Uh, but of late, if you watch the news, if, you, if, if, if you're alive, you have to hear about the movements that are going on in our world. And people get behind these movements and they get, you know, feminist movement, social movement, the BLM movement, any number of hundreds of others that are out there. And people want to get behind something. People want to have a stance that makes them feel better about themselves and the movement they're behind. And I thought, well, I'll get up here and challenge you guys. We can start our own movement. We can have the Savior movement or the Gospel movement or whatever we would want to call that. And some of you guys are looking at me funny and thinking, man, I'm, that's for you young whippersnappers. You can have that. I'll put in my time. And some of the young are looking at me thinking, I don't know enough, don't want to know enough. Let the old people do that. You know, the truth is we've all been called to that movement anyway. And we're sitting at the feet of Jesus communing at his table now to remember what he's done for us. And we've been commanded, we've been asked, we've been told this is the movement that we're supposed to be behind. This is the movement that we're supposed to support, that we're supposed to take to seek and save, to take to the world, a lost world. And we need to get behind that. We need to have more of a sense of urgency to seek and save the lost, to take the message that we have, the message that we know that we're sitting and thinking about right now to the world. Let's think about that as we uh, partake. Father, thank you for uh, the, the message that you had for us so long ago when you set this, this plan in motion, this plan to send your son to die for us, this plan to have his body hang on that cross for us, this plan to have his body take our sins and the things that we have done wrong and take those sins on his own shoulders and his own back and carry those for us. Father, I pray that we remember that as we partake of the bread that represents that body. And, Father, that we can be behind that movement to take that message into the world, that we can show people uh, what you did for us and what you've done for them. Help us to remember that as we partake. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. pray again. Father, at the same time, we, we also remember the blood that was shed for us, uh, the blood that washes us clean, the blood that was uh, so freely given, Father, for each one of us without a second thought about what, why he was doing it. Father, we're grateful for that. Thank you for turning your back on your son so that he can take our sins on, so that he can wash us as clean as snow. Help us to remember that, that cleansing power as we partake of this fruit of the vine which represents that blood. It's in Christ's name we pray. Also, we've been called uh, to give, uh, and that, out of convenience, we're taking that time now uh, as we're here gathered together, but there's many opportunities that we've discussed in the past, over the past year especially, uh, give online. There's a box in the back to give. Uh, there's ways to give time, give efforts, give energy. Uh, we're just commanded to give. Uh, let's think about that as we pray. Father, you have freely given to us. and Help us to, to be a people that so freely gives back to you. Help us to um, give our efforts and energy, our money, our time uh, to the people in this community and around the world. Father, I pray that you'll be with those people that disperse those funds and disperse uh, what we do give. I pray that you, that you multiply those funds, multiply the, the efforts that are given uh, so that the world can see you. 
Father, we, we do love you, and we're grateful for your son, Jesus. We're grateful for all that you have blessed us with. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What a super exciting day. We are overjoyed that you are here, brother. Your fellow ministers are ecstatic. <laughs> we are so glad. We have been praying for you and praying for you and Elizabeth, and we couldn't be happier that you are here. And uh, it is such a blessing to be able to call you a co-worker, a partner in ministry, and Elizabeth the same, and we are just excited for you. We're excited about what's ahead for you here. And we're excited about what's ahead for our young people and our youth families here and for all of us as a church family. Uh, we are so happy uh, to have you sitting in that pew and working with our young people. And we are looking forward to a great, great relationship as we continue to become better friends and uh, become more and more aware and know each other better. Give Elizabeth a wonderful hug from us and tell her that uh, we are so proud of both of you and look forward to your ministry together here. 
Uh, I can tell you that I believe that it is, what, what is the saying? It's good luck if it really rains and storms on your first day as a youth minister. <laughs> is that... Uh, Maybe that's not exactly right. Uh, We will be praying for a wonderful day on September 4th, by the way, and know that you and Elizabeth are going to have a great, great marriage, and God is going to use you in some wonderful and amazing ways. And we are tickled, tickled that God is going to use you here in some wonderful and amazing ways. Welcome, brother. What a great blessing to serve God with your friends. Um, It is is a, a great, great blessing to serve God, period, and to serve God with others. But it is an especially great blessing to serve God with your friends. And as a church family, we get to do that here. Uh, As uh, eldership, as uh, ministers, as staff, as fellow members, uh, deacons, and other ministry leaders, we are able to serve God together with our friends. Jesus had friends while he was in this world. And of course, his closest associates during his ministry were his apostles. As we've gone through this series of uh, relationships and Jesus' interaction with others, uh, we have looked at Jesus' interaction with his apostles, with his 12 apostles. We've looked at Jesus' relationship and interactions with his blood family, uh, his mother and his brothers, uh, especially. And, uh, and today we get to look at some of the people that perhaps outside of the 12 apostles were the ones who were closest to Jesus during his time of ministry. Um, there was another family, two sisters and a brother, who seemed to have been his close, close friends and are described that way in scripture. And they are Martha and Mary, and Lazarus. Three siblings that seem to have been very close to Jesus and shared just a few incidences and experiences with him in the inspired record. But what powerful, powerful messages those interactions are. We learn a lot about what was important to Jesus and therefore what should be important to us from our Lord's relationship and interactions with his friends. So I thought as our new friend is here today and starting this wonderful ministry as a partner in ministry with us, it seemed appropriate to take a look at Jesus and his friends, Martha and Mary and Lazarus, and see the lessons that we can draw in our service of God together as well. Worshiping God, serving God, serving others, loving others, sharing his word together as friends. So several things about his interaction with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And the first one emphasizes service. And Luke chapter 10 is one of those windows into Jesus' interaction with this family. Um, And it is a great example of someone who was willing to serve. Luke 10, beginning at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has let me do, has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, 
Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, I see Martha as this wonderful, strong woman, apparently the head of this household. She invited Jesus to her home, a woman of means, uh, probably one of those firstborn in the birth order, (laughs) being the responsible one. And if only that passage would have stopped (laughs) at scripture saying, Mary sat and listened and Martha served. And interestingly enough, that's what it's going to say in John 12, when we see a very similar experience here, but with a little bit different interaction. As Jesus is invited to Martha's home, Martha is serving. And we'll speak about Mary in just a moment and make some comments about that, but Think about the service that Martha is providing here. I I think, unfortunately, Martha gets a lot of bad press because of her response. And granted, she should not have responded that way about her sister. Sometimes as we get involved in our own ministry and our personal uh, sacrifices that we make for the Lord, we tend to feel better than those who maybe aren't participating with us. You know, one of those, my ministry's better than your ministry kind of things. And that seems to be what Martha's attitude was here. But she was offering God a great service. And again, I I don't want us to judge her just by this one response, because this is not the whole story about Martha. And I want you to know that as a, a minister, I am grateful for the Marthas and the Mary the Marys and the Marthas, and they are different. But we're grateful for all who serve. In John chapter 12, as they're gathered together again, again, Martha is serving. And Mary offers up a specific sacrifice to Jesus that we'll see in just a moment. But as we think of this call to service and the example that Martha gives us, we realize Martha served. Martha served. And so I want you to think for just a moment, what if the the responses had been reversed? What if instead of Martha going to Jesus and saying, tell Mary to help me, Mary went to Jesus and said, Lord, tell Martha the preparations can wait. Tell her to come sit at your feet like I'm doing. I believe that if that had been the way this story went, that verse 41 would have started out this way. Mary, Mary. Martha is doing a a good thing. And so are you. It seems to me that we are all called to serve. Martha served. That's what she did. That's who she was. That's how she was wired. (laughs) She was very gifted at that. And many are especially gifted at that. We're all called to serve in different circumstances. But there are some who have a special and specific call to do just that. Martha served. She served. 
And she's a great example for us. Service. Secondly is study. Study. And, and we start with the same passage in Luke chapter 10. But this time our focus is on Mary and not Martha. We see Martha serving and being involved and then Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, considering, studying. While Martha served, Mary sat and listened. And this this story reminds us that both of those are good things. Both of those have their place. And I can tell you, just like worship in just a moment, but study of scripture to some seems like a waste. When you could be doing something, (laughs) you could be doing something to help. Many belittle those who offer up prayers for others. And granted, there are times when we need to do more than pray. That is absolutely true. I think there is some reason for us to consider those comments and criticisms when we hear them, that there is some truth behind that. But there's also truth in knowing that prayer is valuable and Bible study is valuable. It seems like a waste to some who would rather be doing something But that is doing something. And sometimes we forget that. While Martha served, Mary sat and listened. And it's interesting that that's how the scriptures report it. Verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And I have a feeling that it may be that exact thing that kind (laughs) of worked on Martha. (laughs) Because there was Mary just sitting, or so it seemed. And that's how some who have that servant mentality, you ought to be doing something. You're just sitting there studying your Bible. You're just sitting there listening to the lesson. You could be helping me. And granted, we need people to help. (laughs) Believe me, we need people to help. But Mary sat and listened, and what our Lord said was, that will not be taken away from her. That will be valued, because it's important. And just as we all need to find that place where we can serve and actively do something to help, we also all need to find our place where we can sit and study. Some of that is in our Bible classes, our wonderful classes, some of that is going on right now in our blast. It's going on right here and online. Those who are considering this message, looking at these Bible verses. There are other opportunities for us to do that as well, individually, as we consider. Hopefully this church time is not the only time you sit and listen to the word of God. That's not enough. Start, it's not enough. Mary sat and listened. I want to share with you and remind you of a special opportunity to be able to sit and listen and also serve. October 23rd and 24th, we're going to have Kyle Butt with Apologetics Press here for a Defending the Truth seminar. It's a seminar on Christian evidences. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday morning. 
And he's gonna share a lot about things, everything from dinosaurs to evolution to how do we help our kids connect with this faith that we believe in so strongly. And as we prepare for that, we're sending out some newsletters through a ministry called House to House and Heart to Heart. Many of you are familiar with that, probably have received some of those newsletters. We're starting to send those out this month in July, and we will next month again, mostly to those around here. And we won't have very many extra copies to share, unfortunately, just yet. But in September and in October, we're going to broaden that quite a bit, and we'll be sending those out to even more households and families, and we'll also have more available here. And in that, we'll have special uh, messages about our seminar and other uh, great messages of study and faith as well. And so I want you to be aware that that's coming. It's coming, and you may have a neighbor that actually says something about it in July or August if you live around here or later on in September and October. We're looking forward to that seminar. It's going to be a great opportunity to study. It's going to be a great opportunity to sit and listen and be challenged and and be prepared for when your neighbors, your family members, your grandkids, your kids ask you, why should I believe what this says? And we're anxious about that seminar coming and we'll be saying a whole lot more about that in the weeks and months ahead. Martha served, Mary sat and listened and studied. But the next thing about Jesus' interaction with Martha and Mary and Lazarus involves worship. And this is where we turn over to that chapter in John, John chapter 12, worship. John 12, beginning at verse 1, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. We'll say more about that from chapter 11 in just a moment. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Verse 3, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was led her to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Verse 7, leave her alone. Jesus replied, it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Worship. I love the way this passage starts out. It simply says, Martha served. But perhaps with a little bit different attitude about her service than we saw in Luke chapter 10. There's no jealousy, there's no animosity, there's no competition. Martha serves and Mary comes and she brings this very expensive perfume. And I have a feeling, of course, this is speculation. I can't know this for sure, but I have a feeling that part of the money that was behind that gift came from Martha and perhaps Lazarus as well. But it was Mary who comes, not because she had to, not because there was some commandment to, Mary comes because of a heart of devotion and love for this Savior 
that she worshipped. That she offered up this expensive perfume and wiped his feet with her hair after pouring it on them. Worship. And then, of course, Judas criticizes. And probably some of the other disciples may have been thinking the same, although Judas especially. But just like with Bible study, it's the same criticism. What a waste. What a waste. Think of how much more you could be doing instead of watching online right now. Think of how much more you could be doing instead of sitting here worshiping with these songs and these prayers and gathering around this table together. Those who don't understand that say, what a waste. And yet for those of us who are answering the call of God, who get the greatness, how great is our God, how great thou art. It is a pleasure a blessing to be able to spend time and resources and energy and effort to worship him. Mary does that here and she catches flack for it and Jesus says again, leave her alone. Leave her alone. This was meant for my burial and uh, there's a little hint there of what's about to happen. Worship. Martha served, Mary sat and listened. In this case, Mary anointed. Mary anointed. She sacrificed and she anointed him with this perfume. And she wiped his feet with her hair. Some might say worship is wasteful, waste of time, waste of energy, waste of resources. But in many ways, it is the most important thing that we can do because it connects us with our creator and our savior like nothing else can. He calls on us to serve. He calls on us to give. He calls on us to share the gospel. He calls on us to do all of those things. But this is the one that we will do for eternity as we are all together gathered around that throne, we will be worshiping, worshiping God. And there will be no end to it. What a grand and glorious day. Eternal day that will be. Number four today is compassion. Compassion. Then we turn back one chapter to John chapter 11. And we remind ourselves of this very familiar story of of Jesus and Martha and Mary and Lazarus. As he's going about in his ministry, he receives word, Lord, the one you love is sick. Again, Martha and Mary and Lazarus were especially close friends of Jesus. The one you love is sick, and yet Jesus waits and tarries and dawdles and ministers, and and then finally he gets the word, Lazarus has died. And so then they get going towards Bethany. And as this story recounts, Jesus goes there and and Martha goes out to meet him. Of course, Martha first. Verse 21 of John 11, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. True. Very likely true. 
But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Mary still clinging to that hope that her brother can be raised from the dead. This man, Jesus, has done incredibly marvelous things. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. (laughs) And John doesn't record it. Maybe Martha said it, maybe she didn't. But what she's saying is, I want him to live now. (laughs) I'd like... I'd like to see that resurrection now and later. And then this great message in John eleven twenty five, one of those great I am statements from the gospel of John. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asks Martha, this close friend, whose brother had died, waiting for the one who could save him to come, and he never came. Do you believe this? And criticize Martha all you want, but she makes one of the great confessions of faith found in the Gospels. Verse 27, yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And her brother was still dead. I believe. We see Jesus' compassion already just in being there, just in going there. And of course, Mary ultimately hears that Jesus has come and and gets the word that, that he wants to see her. Martha ran out to meet him. Mary had to be persuaded. And, but when she does, according to verse 32, she fell at his feet and she says exactly the same thing that Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And so the story goes on. And Jesus goes to the place where he's buried and he sees Martha and he sees Mary and he sees their pain and he feels their pain. And he sees the others who are mourning along with him. And this was his friend. And so one of those great, powerful verses, the shortest verse in scripture is John 11, verse 35, right here at this moment. And you know it, two words, Jesus wept. Jesus wept, knowing he was the son of God knowing he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Still, Jesus wept. Compassion. Martha served. Mary sat and listened. Mary anointed. Jesus wept. And the disciples around said, look look how much he loved him. And some of them said, "Couldn't, couldn't he have perhaps done something to help Can't he do something to help? Couldn't he have kept this man from dying? He gave blind people their sight. And that leads us to the last of our list today, power. Power. John 11, beginning in verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, compassion, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said, and Martha, of course, Martha, (laughs) but Lord, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. I believe the King James translate that, Lord, he stinketh, (laughs) and 
And, and yes, he does. No doubt. Then Jesus said, verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So Jesus offers up a prayer. And then in verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And I've heard preachers say, boy, it's a good thing Jesus was specific here because if he had just said, come out, there would have been a mass exodus out of that graveyard of people being raised. But he was very specific, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man rose from the dead and came out. Lazarus, come out. And it was such a powerful thing that John chapter 12 tells us that the Jewish leaders plotted not just to kill Jesus, but to kill Lazarus because so many were coming to faith because of this man who had been dead four days and now was very much alive. Service, study, worship, compassion, power. And that list could be very, very long. And by the way, so could the sermon, but we're not gonna go there. But these are some of the things that we do here. These are some of the things that now Tucker and Elizabeth will be part of our church, part of our ministry team, doing these things together. What a great blessing to serve God with your friends is how we started. And what a great blessing to serve God together in all of these ways and more. What a great blessing to worship God and to serve others with your friends, with your friends. My mother's favorite song we're about to sing was sung during her funeral. It was sung the day after she died that Saturday night, uh, September 14th in 1974. And it's what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. This morning, if you need to come to this one who is all-powerful, all-compassionate, all-loving, all-savior, come as we stand and sing this great hymn together.
morning. Karen Ellis, one of our sisters, has let me know that uh, her best friend, Gary Ellis, was in a very serious uh, motorcycle accident on uh, July the 1st. He's in, still in ICU with uh, some serious uh, head trauma. She's, uh, she's very worried about him. So uh, I told her this church wants to pray for him. So uh, will you bow with me and pray for Gary? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you with heavy hearts because we're so worried about our brother Gary Ellis. He had a very serious accident, Father, and uh, we pray, Father, that he can regain consciousness and that he can get go through all of this and get well. And, Father, we just uh, we pray your healing hand on this man. And, Father, we pray for Karen. She's... Uh, very upset with this this accident and her best friend and so father i just pray that you will provide the, the peace the peace that only we can get from you so father give her that peace and bless her and make her stronger in this time of uh, of difficulty and father just like bill's lesson said we leave it to the master for he is all knowing all caring and can do all things. And we know that he is our resurrection. We love him so much. Thank you, Father. We ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. God, we come before you thankful, grateful for the opportunity that we have to 
come together in this place. The opportunity that we have to listen to your words, listen to the actions of Christ and, and see and, and, and know how to live, how we, how we, when we leave this place, that, that we have a direction. Fathers, we are the hands and feet of you, that we grow your kingdom, that we stay focused on you and that we walk a path righteous, a path that you would be proud of. And as we fail, Christ is there for us. Father, we are so grateful, so humble. Father, as we leave this place, let us seek the weak. We seek the time in you, and we also seek the people. We grow your kingdom. Father, we have a group in New Orleans, Danny and, and a number of individuals that are, that are doing that right now. Father, circle them. Wrap them up with your arms. Keep them safe as they are fully focused on you, as they grow your kingdom there and their mission work. Father, be with Tucker and Elizabeth as they move here and they go through the, the trials of, of moving towns and, and all the nuances of, of coming to a new place. Let this congregation rally around them. Let's circle. As they grow our youth, the next generation, as they, as they focus them on who you are and what you are in their lives and what, what they will be and how they can grow your kingdom, Father, empower them to do great things for our youth to lead and do great things as the torch is passed. Father, be with us as we walk out of this place. Keep us safe, but always keep us bold in your faith, bold in our faith with you. Father, keep us, keep us on fire as we sometimes let that go and not be as, as fervent let us always be on fire. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.